This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Tonight, I want to do something unusual. I am a member, I'm a member of the, we work in teams here. Our, our employees work in teams. And the team that I'm a part of is the adult ministry team. And on our adult ministry team, we have lots of volunteers that help us with all of the different things that we do to minister to you. And one of the things our team does is we take turns writing devotionals. And we send those devotionals out to all of the volunteers. So if you want to come volunteer for adult ministries, you'll get a devotional. And when you hear how good this devotional is, you'll want to do that. One of our admins, um, Emmy Hinojosa, wrote a, a little devotional. Yes, did somebody say yay? Yay! Yay, Emmy! She's so sweet. She wrote the most wonderful devotional. It so blessed me. It's one of the best things I've read. I mean, I'm talking read from famous ministers and people online. It, it is so powerful, and so I built a teaching around it. I taught it to my Bible study in Houston that I teach every— my Bible study in Houston is 42 years old. I've been teaching the same Bible study for 42 years, and some of the women in that Bible study have been in it for 42 years. They're getting older now, but, but we're, still, we're still studying the Word. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach from this little devotional, and when I get to a place where I'm going to actually share some of her devotional, I'll tell you so that you can hear it. But I'm teaching around it and through it because it so inspired me. Emmy, you're a blessing. So this is, this is the scripture that she based it on. It's found in Psalms 27, verse 14. And this is what it says. Wait on the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I don't like to wait. Do you like to wait? I despise long lines. When we go to a restaurant and they say, there's a 45-minute wait, I say, let's go somewhere else. I don't like to wait. Do you like to wait? But this scripture tells us that we are to wait on the Lord. And we're to be strong while we're waiting. And we're to take heart while we're waiting. And we're to wait on the Lord. Just before David penned this, this uh, scripture in the 13th verse, this is what he said. That was verse 14, 27, 14. This is 27, 13. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That verse, that verse has ministered to me. I can tell you, I would have lost heart. There was a time in my life that the devil tried to kill me. I had a disease. I had cancer. And, and, and during that time, I would have lost heart. I would not have been able to continue in faith had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living, that I would live and not die to proclaim the good news of the gospel. I know what David was talking about. That's what he said before that. David learned the secret of waiting in faith. If you're going to see the blessing of God, there's always a period of waiting. Believing that God would do what he promised he would do. Waiting is a natural part of our life. Not a part we like, but it's a natural part of our life. As you read through the scriptures, I want to challenge you. Surely you're, you're reading through the scriptures with us. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you're not. I, I wonder if you would be willing. No, never mind. I know you're reading through the scriptures with us. So I'm going to challenge you. 
As you read the narratives in the Bible that God has given us in his wonderful love letter that he wrote to us, in his wonderful instruction manual that he gave us, as you read the narratives, pay attention to how many people had to wait. They all did. Every one of them had to wait. There was a period of waiting. God would give a command. God would give a promise. And then there was a period of time before that promise came to pass. Example, Abraham. He's a, he's a wonderful example, certainly not the only one. But Abraham is a wonderful example. He was 75 years old. He was pretty old. Of course, that wasn't very old then. People lived a lot longer than we do. But Abraham was 75 years old. You can read about him in Genesis, beginning with Genesis 12. Read his story and, and follow along to see how long he had to wait. In Genesis chapter 12, God said to Abraham, I want you to leave your people I want you to leave your home. I want you to go to a place I will tell you about. He didn't even tell him where he was going. He just said, I want you to go where I'm going to lead you. And I will make of you a great nation. Now, if God's going to make of me a great nation, I must be going to have a lot of kids because they were tribes. That, that's, they, were, they all traveled around in tribes. And so he said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Now, he was married to this really nice lady named Sarah. And I know Abraham got so excited when God said that. And he went to Sarah. He said, God is leading us. He's given us a promise. We're going to go wherever he tells us. We're just to follow him. Let's go. They packed up and they left. And I know he thought, I know Sarah's going to tell me in just a couple months she's pregnant. But she didn't. In fact, years passed and more years passed. In fact, Sarah got so impatient, she thought, you know, I know God promised Abraham this, but I haven't been able to get pregnant, so I'm going to give him my maid. I'm going to help God. Now, let me just tell you now, don't help God. <laughs> God doesn't need your help. He doesn't want your help, and you'll be sorry if you try to help God. No, you've got to wait. Say wait. wait. So she had to wait. Well, Gave him his name. You know what came from that, don't you? His name was Ishmael. Ishmael is the father of all those folks who are fighting Israel. There's been a war going on ever since that. Well, not since he was born, since Isaac was born. When Ishmael was first born, there wasn't a war because the son of promise hadn't been given yet. So 75. Do you know how old Abraham was when his son Isaac was born? 100 years years old. 100 years old. He waited 25 years for the promise. Are you believing God for something? It'd be interesting if we had time to go around and everybody in the room tell me what you're believing God for because we're all believing God for something. We're believing God for healing. We're believing God for restoration. We're believing God for prosperity. We're believing God for something. We're believing God for a new house, a new car, a new dog. We're believing God for something. All of us are. I hope you don't have to wait 25 years. But it was worth the wait. God gave him his promise. He gave him his... Now, you know, that wasn't the end of it. I can't believe this. After God gave him that promise, then God asked him to sacrifice the promise. I can imagine what Abraham was thinking. God, if, if my children are going to be like the sands of the sea, God said, your children are going to be like the sands of the sea. I've got one skinny son. Now you're asking me to put him on an altar and kill him. But Abraham trusted God. 
So he put him on the altar, but he didn't have to kill him. God sent a lamb. He said, I just want to see if you do it. And he said, because you were willing to give your son, I'm going to give my only son. And my only son is going to redeem the world. Jesus was God's only son, is God's only son, and he redeemed the world. So why do we have to wait? Why do we have to wait? Well, now I'm going to read you a little bit of Emmy's. You thought, will you ever get to it? I'm going to read you a little bit of Emmy's devotional. Here we go. God is always working in the waiting. Now, I just need to stop there just for a minute and go back to Abraham. From the time the promise was given until Isaac, which means laughter, was born, a lot happened to Abraham. Good things, bad things, life happened to Abraham. And God's hand of blessing was on Abraham. So it wasn't just one blessing that God gave Abraham, but he gave him the ultimate promise. And it was 25 years before he got the ultimate promise. So during that time, God was working. God is always working in the waiting, in what feels like hidden places. Some of the most defining and beautiful transformations happen in those places now, this is what God does in you while you're having to wait. God will build the building of capacity and trust, humility and strength, endurance, empathy, grace, and wisdom. God wants to build something in you. It's not just the let me see how much I can give you kind of life that God wants to give you. God wants to build something in you, his character, his nature, your faith, your faith. The word capacity, we hear that word a lot. And so I looked it up in case somebody here doesn't know what it means. I wanted to know really what it meant. Capacity is the maximum amount something can contain. The amount that something or someone can produce. So God wants to make you as productive as possible. So sometimes he makes you wait while he's working on you. He's still working on me, by the way. Let's go back to Emmy's devotional. He is doing a work in us, working through situations for our benefit and protection, preparing and stretching us for even greater assignments and purposes to come. God is not careless. He's not forgetful. He's not nonchalant with our lives. God knows exactly where we are, and he knows how to get us to where we need to be at the right time. God is working in us, this is not in me, this is me. God is working in us to prepare us for his ability to work through us. God wants to work through you. God wants to touch the world through you. God wants to touch your neighbors through you. You may not even realize, I ran into a lady at a women's conference and she, uh, she was somebody I'd known when Art and I first got married, I worked with her. And I was very young at that time. And I, she wasn't a believer at that time. And I never thought really much about witnessing to her. But here she was in this church, and she was the head of the women's ministry. I said, I'm so excited to see this. I, I was thrilled to see it. She said, do you know what led me to the Lord? I said, no. She, this is funny, but I want you to know that this, you can even witness this way. She said, I watched you in your up and down Christian walk, but I watched you always going back to the Lord and the Lord always blessing you. And I saw you stumble and fall and get back up. And she said, I decided if you could serve God, I could too. <laughs> Hallelujah. You never know. Even when you're falling on your face, there may be somebody watching you. Get up. 
Get up. Let them see you can get up. Let them see when you lose your temper, you can repent. God wants to work in you so he can work through you to touch the world. God loves people. He loves you. He's doing a work. In the waiting, in the waiting, one of the main things we learn, oh, you'll love this word, is patience. You have to learn to wait. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is listed, and I believe the fruit of the Spirit is the character of God. He's building his character in us. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering. Do you know how God builds long-suffering in you? He surrounds you with difficult people. <laughs> if there's somebody in your life that's difficult, I challenge you, figure it out. God is trying to make you to long-suffering. He's trying to create his nature in you that'll love that person in spite of their bless-your-heart personality. That wasn't in my notes. I just made that up. But God wants to teach us patience. Listen to this verse. This is Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. I love this verse. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance. Another word for that word is patience. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So what is he saying? During this time of waiting, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Don't throw away your confidence. Keep your eye on the goal. Keep your eye on the promise. But let God do that work of patience. Patience has to do with time and waiting. That's what patience has to do with. Time and waiting. I'm being patient with this page that doesn't want to turn. So we have to be patient. John Osteen gave me a verse many, many years ago, and I've never forgotten it. It's in the Living Bible. It's Psalms 37, verse 34. I just love it. This is what it says. Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Just keep traveling steadily along his pathway, and you could put in there for your life. And in due season, he will honor you with every blessing, and you will see the wicked destroyed. Don't get impatient. Know that God is working. And be patient with yourself when you don't seem to be getting it, when you just keep making the same mistake. Understand that every time you get up and say, no, I'm going to press through, every time you do that, you get stronger and you get closer to your promise. So that's a really good verse for you to write down and look up. Let's go back to Emmy's devotional. Want to? I bet you do. We find ourselves in places that feel far removed from where we thought life would have us. Is that some of you? This isn't where I thought I'd be at this time of my life. This isn't what I thought would happen to me. We find ourselves in places that feel far removed from where we thought life would have us. Take heart. It might not be that we've done anything wrong. This is my very favorite part, by the way, of her devotional. It might not be that we've done anything wrong or missed our cue. Sometimes it's simply that God is still moving the pieces around, allowing our character to mature and faith to deepen. While he sifts things in our situation to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or dream or imagine. That reminds me of a verse. Does it remind you of a verse? 
It reminds me of that wonderful verse in Ephesians, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's working in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The Holy Spirit is working in you. And we, he can do exceedingly and abundantly according to the amount that you let the Holy Spirit work in you. Pastors teaching on the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been in these classes, get in these classes on Wednesday night as he continues to teach us on the Holy Spirit. It will help you. It will help you press through to your promise. He's, so, he's one of the best teachers I know on the Holy Spirit. Just outstanding. Back to Emmy. We may not see how the pieces will come together, but we can be confident. God is working in the waiting. God is working. It is worth it to allow God to do a complete work in our hearts and in our lives, in the hidden places. So when we come around the bend into the fullness of his purpose being revealed, we will have the capacity, there's that word again, we will have the capacity we need to step into the new season with grace, courage, maturity, and humility. Powerful words. You know, I want to go back and I want to just emphasize this. Don't think you've done something wrong and that's why you haven't gotten your promise. It, it may not be that, that you've done, or what did I miss? What door did I not go through? Don't rehearse all of that. The Holy Spirit will show you if you've done something wrong and you need to repent. But mainly, just keep developing the faith that God has put in you. Keep developing the expectation for the miracle. It will come. Capacity, that maximum amount of something that contain, the amount that something or someone can produce. I'm going to inject here a personal story. I'm sure I've told this here before. But uh, a number of years ago, actually it was pretty close to 28 years ago, Art and I, uh, had, we had, uh, had some property. The Lord had given us some property, and we were about to build our dream house. We were living in a little house, nice little house. This a little house, and it was paid for. But we were about to build our dream house. At the very same time, I was contacted by uh, TBN, and I was offered a contract in television. It was very generous of them to offer me this contract, but it wasn't free. It was a very expensive venture. Anybody that thinks television is cheap has never done television. And so it, I was young. All I had was my, I, I was traveling a little bit. A little bit of money was coming in from that. But basically all I had was a little Bible study. I didn't have a church to support that outreach. And so this was a Sunday afternoon. And I was out on my patio. And I was seeking the Lord. And I was overwhelmed. I felt this pressure I just felt overwhelmed, and I began to cry out to the Lord. I remember exactly what I said that day, because I also remember what God said. Anytime God speaks to you, you'll remember where you were and exactly what he said. Now, Art was there that day, but on Sunday afternoons, my husband, in fact, almost every night of the week, but especially Sunday afternoons, my husband watches golf. So he was in his recliner watching golf. And I was out on the patio. He had no idea what I was going through out on that patio. And I was crying out to the Lord. And this is what I said. Lord, I don't need that house. I don't need that new house. This house is just fine. This house is, and it's paid for. I don't need a house payment. That's a lot of money. I, I, don't, I don't need that. And Lord, I don't need television. I am perfectly happy 
Just teaching my Bible study, doing little conferences here and there. I don't need television, Lord. I don't need that. And the Lord quoted a scripture to me, actually part of a scripture to me. He, this is what he said to my heart. I take no pleasure in those who draw back. What? What, Lord? What? Don't repeat it. <laughs> I don't want you to repeat it. And, and I, I, I looked it up because I, I wanted to read the whole scripture because I, I didn't understand what he was saying to me. This is Hebrews 10, 37. Look what it says. Yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But anyone who draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. And then he began to talk to me. And he said this to me, you've been close to this point before, and you've drawn back. Now you've got to press through to your miracle. The pressure that you're feeling, you need to remember this. When you feel that pressure, when you're trying to reach out to a goal, when God has given you a promise, when that pressure comes, it means you're getting close. It means you're getting close. He said that pressure you're feeling is the necessity of your faith having to expand to accommodate your miracle. Wow. And then he went on to explain it to me. He said, it's very much like giving birth. Now, all the men, do you have any idea about this? But every woman who has a child will understand what I'm about to say. And I understood what the Lord was saying to me because I'd had a child. He said this, he said, it's like giving birth. The, what causes the woman to have pain when she's giving birth is the necessity for her bone structure to expand to accommodate the head of the baby. If her bone structure will not expand to accommodate the head of the baby, the baby cannot be born. They have to do an emergency C-section or the baby will die. Spiritually, it's not like that. Oh, I thought, what? Spiritually, at any time, you can step out of faith and the pressure may stop, but your miracle will not happen. It'll remain inside you. Your promise will not come to pass if you don't press in. Oh, I got the message. I said, Lord, I'm going to press in. I don't know how it's, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to press in. I'm going to do what you're calling me to do. Well, we live in that house. We've lived in that house for over 20 years. And I had that television ministry for years. For years, the Lord. And you know what? That little Bible study paid for it. Never had to ask anybody on television to send me any money. God sent the money. But I had to press through to get my miracle. He said one other thing to me, and I want you to get this because this is so important. When Israel left Egypt, following God to the promised land, there were over a million adults that left Egypt. Of all those people who left Egypt, this is what God asked me. How many actually entered, of the, of the adults that left Egypt, how many actually entered the promised land? Do you know? Two. Moses didn't even make it in. Moses died on the mountain. The Lord let him see it, but he didn't make it in. Only Joshua and Caleb. Now, this is what the Lord said, the reason that was important. He said it's about the same percentage of believers who actually press through 
to possess all I have for them. I don't know about you. When I get to heaven, I don't want to be pregnant with a miracle. I want to have birthed every dream God put inside me. I want to have accomplished every assignment God gave me. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, however long I have to wait, I'm determined I am going to possess what God has given me. I want you to have the same purpose in your heart. Pregnancy is a perfect example of waiting. You find out you're pregnant. You begin to show a little bit. You have to wait nine months for that baby to come into the world. I'm waiting right now for my very first grandbaby, and it's really difficult. I'm ready for him to be here. But it'll be worth the wait when I hold him in my arms. And it'll be worth the wait for you. It'll be worth the wait. Let me finish up Emmy's little thing here. Wherever we are today, let's give God room to show himself faithful. Let's not jump ahead of him when we feel impatient or panic when we feel frustrated or give up when we feel tired. Whatever tomorrow brings, however long we find ourselves in the waiting, this I know. With Jesus, the best is always yet to come. One final scripture. Galatians 6, 9, I leave you with this. Let us not lose heart. Let us not grow weary. Let us not faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due season, at the appointed time, we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint if we just keep waiting. That bless you? I hope it did. <clears throat> I want to pray for you that the Lord will strengthen you and will bring your promise to you quickly. Whatever needs to be done inside you, you'll yield to him and let him do it so that you can receive your promise. But there may be someone here tonight that has never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he longs to give you the kingdom. He's waiting for you to invite him into your heart. If that's you, You've never made Jesus the Lord. Or maybe you're here tonight and you say, man, I used to serve the Lord, but God knows and I know I'm not where I ought to be. I want to pray with you. We won't ask you to come forward, but if you'll lift your hand, we'll all pray with you. And right now, in the next few minutes, out there on television, out there in the video land, you can be born again or you can be rededicated to the Lord and receive new courage right now. So if that's you, would you slip your hand in the air all over the building? I see those hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? You want to be born? You want to be born of the Lord? You want to be saved or you want to come back to the Lord? Just lift your hand. I see your hands. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to pray with you. This is a wonderful prayer. We're going to pray this prayer with you. Pray it from your heart. And you say, I didn't raise my hand, but I really wish I had. You don't have to raise your hand. Pray from your heart. God sees your heart. Pray after me. Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me, 
and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now let me pray over you. Father, you know the dream in every heart in this room. You know the promise they've been clinging to from your word. You know those that have been believing for a healing, but it hasn't come yet. You know those who are going through mutual separation and difficulty in relationships. You know their heart. You know those that are in financial duress and stress. You know their hearts. I ask you to strengthen us with all might and power in our inner man by the Holy Spirit. I ask you, Father, to show us those areas of recommitment, those areas, Lord, that we need to be strengthened in. I ask you, Lord, to open your word to us as you never have before. And, oh, Lord, prepare us for the promise because I believe we're in an age of miracles. I believe we're in a, we're in a time when the heavens have opened over us and we're going to receive miracles from you. I thank you for doing it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.